Hello and welcome to my second festive podcast where I am interviewing comedy picture book writing duo Sue Hendra and Paul Linnett who you might know best for their series Supertato. I will also be giving you some recommendations of some bookish Christmas stocking fillers and I'll be helping somebody out with some recommendations of titles that a football fanatic may just enjoy. I'm now really pleased to introduce Partners in Crime, Sue Hendra and Paul Linnett for a conversation about their new book, Snowball, which is published by Macmillan. And while I was on the phone with them, I took the chance to ask them about one of my favourite picture book characters, Sue Potato. Hi, um, I've got Sue Hendra and Paul Linnett on the podcast today, and they are here to talk about their new festive book, Snowball, which is published by Macmillan's Children's Books. Hi, Sue. Hi, Paul. Hello. 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 Nice hello. to meet you. And you. Yes, thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. Pleasure. An absolute pleasure. Could you possibly just tell us a little bit about the story of Snowball? What is Snowball about? Well... The clue is definitely in the title in this particular book. It's about <laughs> it's about a snowball, um, a snowball, a lonely snowball, a snowball that doesn't have any friends, and it's about Snowball's innocent journey to try and find some friends and to find something to occupy himself in the cold winter's evening. Um, but of course, it doesn't go according to plan, um, and yes, lots of quite strange things happen to him on the way i would say they do <clears throat> perfect that 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 is the story it's a very simple story hopefully hopefully told in a rather odd way it's, it's a very in... funny story <laughs> thank you it's told in rhyme <laughs> it is told in rhyme yes it is it's brilliant no we love all your books we're huge fans in our house so we read this one in great anticipation and we weren't disappointed oh that's thank lovely you. thank you um, so my first real question is, why did you choose a snowball as the focus of your wintry Christmas book? Because a snowball, to me, is not an obvious choice of main character. Well, it was never, um, it wasn't initially a Christmas book. Paul just had an idea for a story about a snowball. And he drew, he drew a little circle and he put the face on it. And then he drew it again after it had picked up lots of snow and the face was really tiny. And I thought that was hilarious. And I agreed we should definitely make a story about a snowball. Brilliant. Thank you. I have to say uh, my son spotted an advert for your snowball book in our train station. We were just about to head up to Newcastle on a very long train journey. And he was hopping around in excitement every time that he saw this cheeky little snowball pop up on the screen. So I was just wondering, what do you think it is about um, your snowball character that appealed to him so much? What do you think draws children to your covers? Well, I, I suppose uh, um, in, in this particular case, um, I think that snow and that snow and snowballs. I think snow is such a is a wonderful trick. It's a wonderful trick that nature does where it just creates a whole magical wonderland. And I think snowballs are part of that. I, for me, it's the whole scene. And I think that 
children there's a, there's a kind of fantasy world about snow and snowballs and i think seeing this wonderful little character rolling down a snowy hill i think that's that's what appeals to me i mean i can't speak for all children but i i, I think that that's the exciting thing um and he's a cheeky little chap as well um I, I yeah i would say that's definitely the case for snowball oh yes snow makes us all go crazy yeah like the ice cream van snow <laughs> <laughs> That is true, actually. Snow and a strong wind, I find, do it for my kids. Yeah, and cats. <laughs> yes. Oh, interesting. Yes, you're right. Um, so talking of kids, I have read this to my own boys, as I said, and um, the page that made them laugh the most was when he had just rolled, rather unfortunately, through the zoo and collected a large amount of animals about his person and they spotted in one of your illustrations a tiger with a rather musical bottom shall we say just poking out the side and they immediately zoomed in on that and we had to pause reading because they were laughing so hysterically <laughs> um, now it wasn't obviously referenced in the text itself it was just snuck in there I'm presuming for your own and your readers amusement do you often sneak little things in there for people to try and spot and notice as they're reading your stories well Paul and I were both blessed with very sophisticated sense of humor wouldn't oh, you yes. say oh, absolutely so any excuse to get a little cheeky joke in there we just can't resist there's there's actually in uh, this is this is how it, it gets quite it, it's there's some obvious little jokes like that but there's also some sort of quite strange ones so for example i, I don't know if you know our book nobot the robot mm -hmm. um in nobot the robot there's a, a background texture in a lot of the spreads which is a binary code and if you were to take that binary code and you were to um uh, re, uh, sort of translate it decode it into letters it actually spells out sue's favorite joke does so it that how nerdy is that that's brilliant <laughs> so yeah we love kind of putting things in there and and it is kind of for i mean all everything we do with our stories is is for our own amusement <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i mean it, it pays the mortgage as well yes <laughs> obviously yes no oh, that's brilliant thank you i'm gonna to have to go and learn how to read binary code now so that i can translate your joke well, I could, t I could tell you the first half of it and then you, the first half of the joke. That would be very kind of you. Go on. It's, why did the baker have brown hands? Well, the mind boggles, but I am going to go and work it out. <laughs> and decide whether or not I want to share the punchline at a later date, perhaps on another podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Um, so I think you already um, mentioned the answer to this next question when I asked you about um, the story of Snowball, I wanted just to ask you, when you're working together on a new story, is there always something that comes first, words or pictures, or does it just tend to be one or the other as the ideas come? What do you start with? It's always different. It just depends who's had the idea to begin with. And um... I think because there's two of us, we, we both come up with, we both um, come up independently with images or, or that we like imagery that we like, but we also independently come up with storylines or titles or all sorts of things. So because there's two of us doing that, um, it can, it can come from any angle and any time of day or night. So it's, it really is, it really is quite random. <laughs> it's like a superpower, isn't it? Like a dynamic duo. It, it does Stronger feel like a superpower. Yeah, it really does feel like a superpower coming up with, uh, 
you know, a robot who loses his bottom on the way to Ikea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who wouldn't think of that? I mean, of course, the robot's not on the way to Ikea. We were on the way to Ikea, just we to clarify my ambiguous sentence there. Okay, now I thought he was going sofa shopping, though. Thank you for... Yeah. for maybe, that. maybe, that's the next, maybe that's the next story. <laughs> the <actually>. sequel. <laughs> maybe it should be. Um, now, I know that I had you on mainly to talk about Snowball, but I would be letting down a lot of um, fans if I didn't talk to you a little bit about the phenomenon which is super potato beloved across the kingdom and um (laughs) seriously i'm a teacher and every teacher i know and every child that i know they do super potato at school why do you think that super potato in particular perhaps of your books has grabbed um and captured the imaginations of the little children and the teachers who teach the small children what is it about super potato that's, that's interesting we, we go into schools as as well you know um to to visit children and uh yeah whenever we mention super potato they they go bonkers i i i kind of wonder i mean obviously i i, I don't know not being a teacher probably you're in a probably better position to know actually but i i feel that the evil p has something to do with it now i, I know i know people i know most children when i when i ask them they say, oh, we love soup potato. And I say, what do you feel about the evil pea? And, and quite a lot of them will say, oh, no, no, we love soup potato. But then there are some children that say, no, I prefer the evil pea. But I think that the evil pea's presence, this kind of little character that is so naughty and bad and sometimes a bit unkind, I think that that really sort of strikes a chord with them. And I think that teachers can see that too. And I think that having this, having a kind of almost a simple kind of good and bad that then can be explored um, through fruit and vegetables, <laughs> I think... I feel like that's that that must be the trick there. That must be the trick. But I honestly, I, I don't know. What do you think? So? I think that the P, as you say, is not only naughty. He, sometimes he can be really unkind and he does need to be put in his place. And I think putting him in his place is quite satisfying. Yes. Plus, plus also, I think that teachers do seem to like dressing up. Mm, as yes. super potato or the evil pea yeah. uh, i think that's, <laughs> that's which is also i think yeah i, I think and also I, I think they're quite i think we we what we managed to cover in super potato hopefully is the, the battle of good versus evil vegetables fruit and silly slightly toilet-based humor yes and, and what you know what a recipe <laughs> indeed <laughs> yes no you're right i have to say my um son did attend um a world book day event a couple of years ago dressed as the evil pea um, uh, and I... he was resplendent in green <laughs> um, and so it was one... would, would you say that he prefers the, would you say that he likes the pea over soup potato do you think that's his uh yeah, I think he is silently rooting for Evil P to succeed in taking over the freezer cabinet and I, indeed the world. I think um, many are. I think many there are many secret Evil P fans out there. No, I, I agree. And actually, I as a te- from a teaching perspective, I love Super Potato because when I first read it, what mm. struck me, aside from this obvious humour, was all the really clever superhero vocabulary catchphrases cliches almost that you'd got into the text it was a brilliant model actually i used it with my year six children Uh as as a kind of model text of how to build in that character when you read it you have to read it in a superhero voice yes you know it does lend itself to being read aloud so beautifully 
Well, we do like, you know, I, I like I like comic books, and um, I, I thought it would when we when we started to design it, we, the, the, you know, the style of it, we thought it would be kind of an, you know, almost just a, an introduction to comic books mm. for the for the sort of young for very young children that they could sort of get that feel of the the way that comic books work and the, and the way that they're laid out, and and hopefully they would go on to read more and more comic books. And we just watched the old Batman, hadn't we? Yeah. The television. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the Adam West Batman. Mm Mm-hmm. That is exactly the kind of voice you have going through your head when you read it. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) No, you captured that brilliantly. But no, I I would have been told off by a lot of my colleagues and friends if I hadn't asked you a little bit about Super Tater, because they do love him. Oh, that's very kind. I know. So... Leading on from Super Tato, can we expect a kind of Super Tato saves Christmas or Evil P conquers the world? Well, our next, on, oh, sorry, Joe, um, our next Super Tato book is due to come out, I think it's next July. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have a Christmas book published by Macmillan that uh, we're very, very excited about, but we can't talk about, but it will be what? coming out Christmas 2019. Oh, you're such yeah. a tease. I know. Sorry about that, but we are. We can't. I think the spud, a, a spuddy Christmas outing, is definitely. We, we I definitely, um, I definitely want to think about that. I definitely want to kind of. I, there is the thing with Soup Tato, and I think Sue, you, we we kind of agree on this, is that the, the stories for Soup Tato, the ideas for new Soup Tato stories, come come by very easily i think quite they do. and and there are just so many ideas waiting in the wings to come in for super tato for him to get up to and adventures for him to go on and that you know it's sort of yeah there's so much to do so much to do but i think a christmas story is definitely out there somewhere well it's quite christmasy in evil p rules isn't it? it yes. is quite christmasy in evil p rules yeah of course yes yeah. Yes, I think I think we need some kind of turkeys being stuffed and potatoes being roasted. I, think um, I don't know how I feel about that. I feel that's a bit controversial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Super Potato isn't listening. Ooh, no, well, I hope not. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. Roast potatoes <laughs> we, in this got, household. We're in our office now, and we've got um, because for for all the shows that we did for the festivals, we've got uh, a model Super Potato. He's about a foot tall and he's sort of sitting over in the corner and all the super veggies are with him. We've got a giant glory of the melon and that's our <laughs> office. They're all, they're all surrounding us now, even an evil pea, but I don't know. He, I can't see him. Oh, I think that's he's, a bit of a concern, That is a bit worrying. He's snuck yeah. off somewhere. Oh, well, just put your hands over Super Tato's ears. I'm sorry I said that. I take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So obviously um, this is an interview for a Christmassy podcast. So... <laughs> I know that at Christmas we have certain books that come out and we read them over and over again every Christmas. And I was just wondering if you had any books or traditions in your household that you did every Christmas yourselves. There's a fantastic book uh, that my daughter and I really love. Uh, but it's not Chris- it's not a Christmas book as such, but the scenes in it um looks so wintry and it's one that we're inclined to get out when it gets close to christmas and it's called a winter bear Mm, i've not heard of that one before and sue can you remember who it's by no pressure no pressure there can you remember can you just look it up for me, Paul? Yeah, I'll look it up. I, 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 <laughs> I, we don't, I don't really have a traditional one. I, I like, I'm always drawn to ones that are sort of snowy. 
um, I, I always feel like I'm drawn to the line, which in the wardrobe around Christmas time, yeah. books like that. And also I do like the book um, Polar Express, mm-hmm. but not the film, which is a travesty. <laughs> I think the film, I think the um, little elves in the film are quite scary looking, actually. I don't like the elves very yeah. much. And I feel like they probably spent the whole budget on getting Tom Hanks in it and didn't have anything left for any other actors and actresses, did they? <laughs> Perhaps you're right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, The Winter Bear was, is by Ruth Craft mm-hmm. and Eric Blegvard. Ah, okay. I have to look out for it. Thank you. Yes. Um, and it is, it's lovely. Oh, it's it. so lovely. And what um, about you? Do you have a... Do you have yes, a, what's have you your... got any tips for yeah, us? Yeah, well, I'll have to <laughs> I have to say, we do have quite a, a big stack of Christmas books, given my love of books and of Christmas. But there are a couple that the boys always... Um, request that I read and I have to say their favourite is probably Father Christmas Needs a, a Wee by um, Nicholas Allen <laughs> it's a hilarious okay. sound um, <laughs> you, know, you can imagine if he spent all day eating and drinking in every house he goes to by the time he gets to the afternoon he's quite desperate to yes. um, visit their facilities <laughs> and um, all it. kinds of hilarity ensues but that is one that I have to read time and time again and I have used again with 10 and 11 year old children in school for maths and they love it as much as my five and my nine-year-old children at home so right did did they ever did they ever consider a sequel to it because I I well there is one I think it's called Father Christmas Comes Up Trumps nice yes I like it yes that that appeals to me yes you can see a theme (laughs) developing can't you I think Let's hope they don't try and trump the Trump. Oh, yeah. I know. I really, I really hope not. I think he's he stopped after those two, but um, that's one that we do <laughs> tend to read a lot at Christmas in our household, anyway. Um, but are you are you all excited about Christmas? I'm very excited about I, Christmas. I am inside. I have listened uh, to a few Christmas playlists, but I'm trying not to build the excitement in my own household too much at the moment until December comes, and then it's you know. Game on, no holds barred, Christmas. Yeah, I'm already starting to build. I can feel it. The jingle bells are, are, are I can feel the jingle bells in my tummy. Can you? I, <laughs> are you one of these people who, 1st of December, decorations are up, mulled wines on the stove? Well, not so much the decorations, but uh, <laughs> but, the, but the stove idea I like. Perfect. I just find, I, this morning, um, when, when I woke up and looked out the window and it was just quite thick fog everywhere and um and just for some reason that kind of and it was really cold and that's just i suddenly once that trigger of of it's it's winter and christmas is coming has been triggered i can't i can't stop it i'm I'm excited (laughs) and and you know any any lights that are on in the evening in town i'm suddenly i feel oh it's i'm i'm sort of six years old again and i'm going out late night christmas shopping with my parents again and it's just it's you know I, I can't turn it off, I'm afraid. Oh, and how about you, Sue? Do you share the excitement or do you tolerate? <laughs> um, I, I like your stove idea. <laughs> um, uh, I like a bit of Christmassy fun. I like I like putting the decorations on the tree and listening to Christmas music. Um, yes, I'm looking forward to it. Don't think I'm quite don't get quite as excited as Paul, but. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I think one person in the household with that level of excitement is probably about enough, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm, I'm here to sort of balance things out. <laughs> Excellent. Somebody has to. <laughs> well, well, thank you very much. We've come to the end of all my questions. Thank you so much for taking the time to answer them for me to share oh, with all the listeners. And, yes, um, thank you. No, thank you very much. And I will wish you a very quiet Merry Christmas because it's not Christmas yet <laughs> but when it is Christmas I hope you have a lovely one and I hope the sweet potato stays intact and whole in your office and doesn't come into contact with any kind of hot fats in your oven <laughs> at any point or roasting tins Sue. sorry <laughs> don't say listening. that okay, okay. I'm sure I saw him move got <laughs> <laughs> a twitch anyway thank you very much for coming on and I'm going to say thank goodbye you. to you now Bye-bye, Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Sue and Paul. So watch out for a new Christmas title from the pair of them next Christmas and hopefully another Sue Potato adventure in the pipeline as well. If you were listening carefully to Sue and Paul's interview a second ago, you will have heard Paul say that within Nobot, hidden amongst the binary code, was one of Sue's favourite jokes. Now, he told us the setup, why do bakers have brown hands? And I have been on the internet and I have found the answer to the joke. I don't know binary code and I didn't have time to learn. So for those of you who want to know what the punchline is, why do bakers have brown hands? Of course, because he needed a poo. But a bum For those of you who are busy Christmas shopping, I've got some excellent book recommendations here to add to your Christmas list. Um, the first one is called The Queen's Present. And that's written and illustrated by Steve Anthony and is published by um, the Hachette Children's Group. And it's another book in the Queen's Hat series, which you may know. In the Queen's Present, um, you follow the Queen on a whirlwind royal tour of the world as the Queen sets off in search of a truly special gift. But who is it for? Um, I'm a massive fan of um, Steve Anthony's stylish illustrations and really simple colour palette. And I love the way that he has got lots of little hidden details to look out for in his illustrations. This one also features some of the world's greatest sights. Definitely one to put on your Christmas list. My final picture book recommendation for this podcast is a slightly more surreal adventure written by Matty Long and published by the Oxford University Press and it's called Super Frozen Magic Forest. Some of you may already be aware of the prize-winning fantasy series but this one has a distinctly wintry feel. Uh, Winter is approaching the magic forest but its residents are not very happy because it's ruining their prize-winning gardens. So five brave heroes, a unicorn, a mushroom, a fawn, a fairy and a gnome head off to the frozen north to overthrow the evil Snow Queen and save the forest. Really funny, lots of laughs, highly recommended. The next title I'd like to bring to your attention is called Frost and it's written by Holly Webb and is illustrated by Britta Teckentrup 
and published by Little Tiger Group. Um, Frost is the name of a fox, one of the foxes which the main character in the novel, Cassie, watches out of the window of her flat every day. And it's a time slip adventure. One night, Cassie follows a rather skinny, ill-looking fox, Frost, out towards the river. And as she does so, she finds herself being transported back to the 16th century at the Frost Fair on the River Thames. Um, As with all of Holly Webb's books, they're really brilliant reads and I would definitely suggest this for anybody aged seven or up. This next book is part of one of my favourite new Christmas trilogies. It's called A Boy Called Christmas and it's written by Matt Haig and illustrated by Chris Mould and published by Canongate. And it is dubbed The True Story of Father Christmas. Now this book follows the rather unfortunate adventures of 11-year-old Nicholas a boy who lives in a wooden hut in the middle of the Finnish forest with his woodcutter father, a turnip doll and a mouse he's named Mika. When his father is summoned by the King of Finland to head to Elfhelm to prove the existence of elves, Nicholas heads after him and into a world that will change his life forever. It's a really beautiful story, sprinkled with Christmas magic full of festive cheer, gingerbread and spickle dancing. I would definitely recommend this for anybody aged eight or up. Now it's time for me to do one of my favourite things, recommend books to people. Here's today's listener's question. Hi Joe, love the show. Looking for some recommendations for a football-obsessed nine-year-old. Cheers, bye. Now, luckily, we happen to be football book connoisseurs in this house because both Book Boy and Book Boy Junior are obsessed by the beautiful game. One of these series which Book Boy has enjoyed most recently is the Football School series, written by Alex Bellos and Ben Littleton and illustrated by Spike Gerrell. It's published by Walker Books. There's currently seasons one to three available and a bonus quiz book. And Bookboy loves these because they are a real mixture of facts and games and cartoons and real-life stories and football playing tips. It really does cover football from all angles. I also like the fact that they include female footballers in their titles. You don't see enough of that in books about football for kids. Our second choice is the series of Ultimate Football Heroes biographies, which are published by Dino Books and mainly written by Matt and Tom Oldfield. They say they're recommended for reading ages 9 plus, but I would say any football fan from 7 and up would love these. It tells the stories of football heroes from around the world, as well as plenty of UK-based heroes from birth up until their current teams and positions. I also like the fact that they've just brought out a book featuring a female player, Um, the legendary Kelly Smith of Arsenal Ladies and she is also England's women's team's top goal scorer so I'm pleased to see the ladies being represented. The Football School um, series do also have female players within them. 
The final series I'd like to recommend is called Girls FC by Helena Pierre-Lahati. I think that women's football and girls playing football are seriously underrepresented in children's books. So I would like to put Girls FC out there as a brilliant range of chapter books suitable for anybody seven and up. They are published by Walker Books. If you're after some new book ideas or some recommendations, please do get in touch with me. I love recommending books for people. There are several ways that you can get hold of me. Firstly, if you have the Anchor app on your device, you can leave me a voice message direct on the Anchor app. Or you can contact me on my blog, which is www.librarygirlandbookboy.wordpress.com. Or you can find me on Twitter, masquerading as at BookSuperhero2. Or if you prefer something a little more old school, I have a Facebook group called Library Girl and Book Boy. Hope to hear from you soon. Well, that is this festive episode of the Library Girl and Book Boy podcast all wrapped up. If you liked it, please do download, leave a comment and subscribe to make sure that that you don't miss out on the next episode, which features one of my favourite illustrators and authors, Ellie Dolan. She is talking about her new Christmas book, Santa's Wonderful Workshop. Thank you very much for listening. Happy Christmas, everybody, and enjoy your Christmas shopping. Goodbye.